Artlist.io Every single day I feel the pleasure Double up the weight, let's make it extra Working so my mother get a rest, yeah Working like I never know I'm best, yeah Every single day I feel the pressure What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, C-Rock, from That One Studios. I'm back here, live, on the What Are You Made Of show, with my guy, Dylan Mentors. He's in the building. He's a former SpaceX rocketeer and founder of Bear Balanced, creators of the world's first creatine gummy. I don't know if you guys can tell, that for those of you watching, if you're consuming this content on video, and I look like a guy that's taken creatine before. So <laughs> I'm interested in this. <laughs> Dylan, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on my... You know, I think I've got a lot to, I've always got a lot to talk about, but I think I've got some real pertinent things that a lot of you listening would consider great takeaways. And I don't want this to be just another podcast that you listen to uh, on your way to work and that you don't have a second thought about once you get out the car. I'm going to make it worth the time. I love it, dude. I, I like that too. Cause I've been on over 900 shows myself. And when I go on, when like somebody says, Hey, would you be on my show? Or I, I'm looking for, I, I tell you, listen, I'm going to light your show up. Like your, your ass is going to be on fire when I'm finished. Cause I like, I love that intention, man. So no, I love it. Great job. <laughs> I'm going to start the show though, the right way before I forget. Dylan, what are you made of? Over the last 12 years, I think every person really starts forming who they are through their career and their, their life choice and first time in high school. And since then it's just been a lot of uh, thought leadership, blue sky thinking, um, you know, monitoring not only my personal, but my professional KPIs, disruptive innovation, all the things that really um, give you give you a real real frame of reflection at the end of the day. And in, in terms of that, um, I've been successful in a lot of different areas, and those have been really the key components. Yeah. So when you go into you said blue sky or blue ocean, or whatever is that? What you kind of meant, like going into some more innovative spaces, like yeah. So blue sky thinking, it's um, I think it's most commonly referred to what. Uh, thinking creatively and openly without any sort of constraints and using a lot of brainstorming, data-driven stuff to sort of complement it. Yeah. So when you do these kind of things like this and you operate this way, there's a lot of room for failure, oh, a yeah. lot of opportunity for failure. And so I have this thing where, you know, I, I don't care about failure. <laughs> like I just, oh, I get excited expected. about it. I actually care about it. I get excited about it because it's a data collection. And you mm -hmm. just mentioned KPIs. So how can you how can you get you like like gather KPIs any better than failing, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, think of the way any sort of uh, machine learning or algorithm training uh, is conducted. It literally runs every possible scenario. Ninety nine point nine of them are going to be failure until they find that point zero one or you know take it to the thousandth uh, thousandth place, even move the decimal over. It, it will find the um, the correct route to to success. And I, I know I. I mentioned a, a really inappropriate joke earlier, but you know, there's no, a lot it's of, appropriate. Uh, it's, appropriate. it's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. For this show, you can say it. And actually right. I was going to, I was matter of fact, I was just getting it ready after you were done talking to say, Hey, can you share that yeah. quote that you shared with me earlier? So go ahead, man. So, yeah, I feel like this is, um, this, this applies to me or an AI the machine learning. It's, um, yeah, everyone wants to congratulate you on your success and it's like being pregnant. Nobody knows how many times you got fucked <laughs> and as as painful as that is to like wanna even mention in a you know, even in a friend circle, like it's the truth. Um, you know, it's the absolute black and white. Uh, and unless you're, you know, there are the outliers, people with 
whether it be business or your career, people will get lucky. You know, there's everyone, someone's got to hit the lottery, but for the majority of us that are really learning as we go and, um, you know, we're waking up every day expecting to sort of learn something new in order to earn something new. That's just the name of the game. Yeah. 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 So take it back for me. Like, I want to know, this is me personally being selfish. I want to know where you came from. What's your story? Yeah. So I don't know how, how young the audience is, um, the listenership. And I know at one point everyone was graduating high school. And I, I know I kind of referenced it earlier because there is a it's like painstaking significance to that time of my life when you're at a crossroads and you're looking for advice. What are you going to do? You're going to go to college. You're going to join the military. Um, you know, you're going to do what your parents want you to do. Uh, that, that's really a defining moment. And I think a lot of people that think, you know, I can take a gap year or two or, um, you know, it's not that important to figure out right now. I think I think that's a young buck's way of thinking and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's definitely not the best way to go about it or any other major decision making processes. Um, so I did both. I went to college, um, went to college for a year, still didn't have it figured out. And then um, I got some really good advice from a really good friend. You know, I came from a group of group of guys and girls earlier on that, you know, they we, I feel like we grew up in a place and time where there just wasn't a lot of uh, positive influence around us, but he was one of the guys who, you know, he's a millionaire now. He, we, we both come from humble beginnings. One of the, probably the most successful guy I grew up with. And he was like, you should just, you don't have it figured out yet. You need to, you need to do something. You got to get out of here. So he, he suggested I join the military, get a good job in the military that could set me up for opening up a business doing that job later on down the road. So that's exactly what I tried to do. I joined the Marine Corps, worked on basically um, circuit cards for various helicopters for a few years, thought I was going to get out and start a business around it. And it sounded like a really good profitable plan at the time. And that's sort of, you know, I've always been motivated by, um, you know, salary and retiring early. And, you know, it just what, what any other young ambitious buck is going to be in, in, in impressed by really. And uh, things didn't quite turn out that way, but I, I did end up taking that um, education, that free education I got that, you know, that's a bachelor's in uh, electrical engineering. That's a whole, that's a hundred thousand dollars in debt at a modest college. Um, I was able to get a job at SpaceX within the first year I got out and I, you know, it seems like it's like, it sounds like it's by design. Like, Oh yeah, he did this. And that happened. Of course, it, not at all. There was a job fair for veterans I think I, there was a couple hundred of us that showed up and four of us got hired. So wow. it, it, yeah, it was definitely the technical background, but I think it's just, you know, a lot of those things are fit checks. Um, and believe it or not, a, a lot of those production floors, like it's just a body of veterans. It's, it's think of a school of fish. Like it's, it's literally just a, a lot of uh, cheap labor, <laughs> as you could say. And, you know, veterans are, are sort of used to that being enlisted and whatnot. Right. right. Um, yeah, that that was sort of the that was the beginning. The trajectory's been all over the place since then, but um, that solid start there. And and what's ballpark for uh, SpaceX Rocketeer? What is what is the salary for that kind of a job? It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna preface it by saying people would work for free to get employed at SpaceX. So mm -hmm. you could imagine there's a ton of competition. Um, yeah. So it's below the median salary. I think the average guy on the production floor, I was one of the more senior when I left and I was making like $24, $25 an hour in LA. You know, it's, nah, if you've got a, yeah, your wife's definitely working and you guys are, you're not living in a million dollar house. That's for sure. No matter how much overtime they make you work because the caveat to working there is that, yeah, the pay's low, but you get to work 50 to 60 hours a week. So <laughs> as 
<laughs> I, you know, I, I, I love working 50 to 60 hours a week and I work 70 to 80 and I'm not building rockets and no complaints, but you know, at the time I just knew there was better out there. So uh, anyone yeah. that's sort of in that position, um, trying to break free from the nine to five and sort of figure out what their own financial freedom looks like. Just keep it in mind. If you've got a steady job, you've got your dream job. There might be a better position for you elsewhere that you like even more. Um, that goes it's back to the blue sky thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's the biggest lesson you learned or cultural lesson or what did you get from SpaceX being there? Really? Uh, I, I, you get out of the military, you're in the Marine Corps. Everyone's gung ho. Uh, I've always considered myself you know, someone that was going to do something with themselves, but you get inserted, you know, you get plugged into this group of individuals who have already done it. So it's just a constant um, you know, reassurance that you're in the right place at the right time with the right people. And until you realize that it takes those environments in order to excel, you really never know because you're, what is it, the average of the, the, the five people around you? Uh, well, th those four people were my coworkers and they were the guys that sort of everyone was impressed with, impressed with and looked up to and really knew their stuff. And outside of work, they were rock stars too. They were awesome dads or family men. They were you know, elite fitness. They, they all were just they were really tier one individuals. And I think that had I gotten a job at another aerospace company, somewhere where people just sat in a cubicle all day and soldered circuit cards, it, you know, I might've had a different path in life. And, and so from there, where did you take your, like what caused you to leave? You don't leave without having something else. Like what did you go yeah. to? So here's the cool part. Uh, the guys that I worked with, I also worked out with. And one day, um, my buddy Adrian, of, of all people, this guy, he's never, he, man of very few words. <laughs> he uh, goes to scoop his creatine, hits himself in the chest with it, misses the shaker cup entirely. And we all just, you know, we just start laughing at him. We're just, it's, it's funny. Um, we make fun of him or just call him an idiot. And uh, it's real rudimentary. And you know, we're just being guys. He goes home and tells his wife, or his fiance at the time. She was just like, well, if you can't do the powder, you need to just buy the gummies. And he comes back in the next day and tells us that. And we crack up again. Well, you know, two minutes later, poof, gone, forgotten. No one says a word about it. I go home. I try to buy these gummies because I'm the one to keep the joke going. And right, right. I, I'm about 20 minutes in. And it's not on the first place I go is Amazon. There's nothing there. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I'm like, one of the legacy supplement companies has got to have, this is 2020. Like, a goalie gummy had already taken off. There's a huge market and industry in place. Um, I'm on like the fourth page of Google at this point, and there's just no creatine gummies anywhere. And that's when it hit me. I was like, oh my God, there are no creatine gummies anywhere. This doesn't make any sense. Creatine has been around for three decades. It's one of the, if not the most popularized thing outside of protein and BCAs. And I've been taking creatine since I graduated high school in 2009. That's when I, I started getting ready for the Marine Corps. My dad was an ex-bodybuilder. You know, he basically would just like shove the stuff down my throat. And I was like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going to figure out how to make these gummies. And that's it. And um, I come from an entrepreneurial like family. My dad, he pioneered the door-to-door -door meat market of all things in the 90s and early 2000s. And it was a great industry to be in at that time. Yeah. I'm not suggesting you do it now. Um, if you see a guy with a, a Ford Ranger and a meat or a big uh, deep freezer on the back of his truck, <laughs> that's what he's doing. He's out there hustling. He's yep. like a, a, a Mormon with the meat. Yeah, he's not knocking doors like a Mormon, but he's trying to sell you meat. Um, so I called my dad and I, I ended up talking to him about it. He's like, you know, this idea like this is a great idea he goes i know every every guy in the gym i know would want to try these things and i couldn't agree more um yeah no, no, no matter how masculine you are and how you know kitty gummies might seem you're still going to want to get your hands on one eventually and 
I spent the next year <laughs> learning the confectionery trade um, after working, you know, 50, 60 hour weeks um, every day at SpaceX. And uh, it paid off. It took a long time. I was reading patents. I was reading confectionery manuals. Uh, it wasn't just like, oh, we're making gummies. We're watching a YouTube video. I was really buckling down, learning the science. Um, you know, I was getting an engineering degree at the time and taking a ton of chemistry classes. And it all sort of, it came full circle. Like I, I was literally using the same uh, education I got in the classroom, in the kitchen at home. And I had a viable product. It took a year. This was like during COVID. Um, really cool part about this and what others may not be able to really I think, grasp or take advantage of like I did. This was definitely an unfair advantage, I think, in starting the business. Is that during COVID, a lot of these food scientists, um, like confectionery wizards, people with jobs at like the big, big and big industry, they were all at home. I reached out on LinkedIn. I, I got literally a handful of people, um, edible chemists, uh, food scientists, people in the THC and CBD active ingredient gummy space. And they all were just like, oh, wow, what you're doing is really cool. Um, yes, I'm going to help you. Um, what do you need? So I was on Zoom calls almost every day with these people for a year. And, and that's, I ended up patenting this product um, or filing patents for this product because it was literally so outside of the traditional confectionery trade or wisdom or um, which, which you would be actually be able to consider uh, utility worthy for patent that we did just that. And, and consuming creatine, I, you know, I remember when I was taking creatine, sometimes they say in grape juice, it was better, like absorbed oh, yeah. or something. Right. But yeah. like in gummies, is it still just as good absorbed through the gummies? And you had to figure that out too, and make sure that that was the case. So that's two part answer to your question. Um, because carbohydrates, like the juice, it's, it's not theory. Like it's, it's proven, um, carbohydrates will spike the insulin. You drive more nutrients into the muscles, creatines right along that, um, right along that stream. So with the gummies, you've got sugar. Every gummy is going to have, whether it's dietary fiber, or sugar substitute, sugar alcohol, low sugar, you're going to have sugar driving it. Um, there's definitely not as much as a glass of juice. So as much as I love this and I stand behind this and I, you know, I do my best to wake up every morning and sell this product, I'm not going to say that it's better than a glass of juice. There right, is, right. But here's something really cool. The, there's been a ton of uh, bioavailability studies done with gummies. And there's one really popular one with a vitamin D gummy that they did versus a tablet. And in that case, the gummy was actually more bioavailable than the tablet. And there's a collection of um, wow. you know, peer-reviewed articles like that, that that conclude those same results. There's been nothing done with creatine gummies yet. And I think that we're going to be the first ones to do it this coming year. Um, it's, it's really hard to get one of those studies done, though. And it costs a lot of money. Um, but you can do it nonetheless. It's just that this, I think this industry is so new and so fresh. No one... <laughs> No one that's brought a product to market yet has really been a legacy brand with sort of that backing to do it. So as you can imagine, for a new brand owner trying to do it, it's it's going to be tough. And there's a lot of us out there in the space right now. So it's I think we might be the first ones to pull the trigger on it. And so Bear Balance, where did that come from? Are they gummy bears or what, what, <laughs> like where did the Bear Balance name come from? Thank you, uh, Mike. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people about the brand name and I don't know why it doesn't click sooner because... Obviously, it's about gummy bears, and the balance sort of speaks to um, wh where we live at and the product lives at. It is one moment. Um, by the way, while we're waiting for Dylan to come back, I have the uh, site up. I'm looking at the site, and they're not, they don't look like bears, though. They look like uh, a cloud with a bee in it, right? Or maybe yeah. it's a bear. Maybe it, I don't know. No, so you're, no, you're completely right. They used to be bears. The 1.0 for the first two years we were in business, I got some custom molds made in China. They were custom gummy bears. They weren't, you know, boring old bears that you, you see in a Harbo bag. 
but uh, we had some bears with a little more design to it. And when we rebranded, uh, we kept the name. You know, we came a long way, learned a lot, put a lot of energy and effort into it. It felt like we'd be we'd be losing a piece of us if we got rid of the name um, or rid of the bear. So the the balance though, what you see now is a triple Venn diagram, and there's a B at the center of it, and that's that's B for bear balance, obviously. And that triple Venn diagram, we live at the center of that. It's yeah. fitness, health, and wellness. And they're all conducive and synergistic to one another. Uh, our creatine gummy, you know, it, it hits, it checks all of the boxes. You really can't go wrong. You've got other active ingredients that, that active ingredients that sort of benefits you from a general health perspective. Um, obviously, there's, you know, it's it's a more of a, a fitness product with that much creatine in it. Um, but you've got the fitness and, and you've got the health aspects and combined. Those are what sort of trickle into the uh, you know, a, a lift in your in the wellness, the way that you actually feel about yourself and your your air of being. So, we really try to approach it holistically, and that's why we made a more comprehensive product. And to this day, we're still the only creatine gummy with any additional ingredients. The only we're one of two sugar-free gummies now. Um, you know, we were definitely making sure we put our best foot forward with the product to to check all those. Guys, you can go check this out uh, for yourselves. Uh, CreatineGummies.com is a way to get to it, and also Bear Balanced. Dot com. Oh, you can check it out. Um, yeah, because I'm looking at it right now. One thing too has have they ever created or you thought about creating um, pre workout gummies? We have. So as you could imagine, um, you know, some of these pre workouts like C4, there's like uh, like seven grams of ingredients. Our creatine gummies got uh, it's right up right around three and a half, I think, per gummy. It's really hard to to get it up more than that. Yeah. Uh, logistically. Uh, speak like from a cog's perspective if you want to put seven grams of pre-workout in three or more gummies one is going to be highly unstable that stuff is like caffeine for instance in a gummy it's really tough but the uh you might have to you, you might have to take a hit on the margins that aren't really viable for scale um, yeah. i know there's pre-workout gummies out there but i wouldn't take them <laughs> yeah gotcha yeah. and and then also um you know another thing you could think about too i'm just man i'm just like brainstorming with you here yeah. blue sky baby uh, there's a guy, there's, there's, uh, you know, um, uh, the, the, the little sheets that dissolve in your tongue, like Listerine. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Listerine so, so you might be able to do the pre-workout with those. I don't know. I'm just throwing some ideas out there for you. I think you can find something extracted that would do it. I just don't know how comprehensive it would be. You definitely could like put some, maybe some else in. Yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah. Like something yeah. stem, like you think it'd have to be a stem for we're, we're, we're talking over people's heads though, because this is chemistry yeah. and all this other shit. And, yeah. and, and and you know what I'm bad at sometimes? I mean, I'm good at, but it's bad for you. Yeah. Is creating all these other ideas that take you off the focus of the main thing. So you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. I mean, yeah, you know, we're, we're so back to business. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so now this um is this only available online, or do you have this in like uh, brick and mortar too, or what's the deal with that? Yeah, so. I want to take this thing internationally. Um, you know, there's a few products out there right now. No one's really done the retail roadmap yet. And it blows my mind because we were the first creatine gummy in major retailers back in, I think, August. Or maybe it was like late July. But, yeah, Bristol Farms, Lazy Acres, those are some pretty big natural grocers out here in Southern California. So we've got some wins at home. And then um, Kroger's actually carries us, Kroger's Vitacost. So I know if you're on the East Coast, you've probably seen or heard of a Kroger's. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, other than that, we've had some talks with some of the big guys in supplement space and some other grocers, but it's um it's all it's all planned in motion. Now, what's the biggest challenge for you at this point right now that like when you wake up in the morning, uh you're thinking about with this particular business? I think a lot of 
so I, I kind of touched on it earlier. That this is not a um, the, the confectionery trade, the technology, the creatine gummy. There's a lot of manufacturers out there that are trying to figure this thing out. Very, very few of them have. I think that I've had a, I've talked to every major manufacturer in the country uh, at least once, probably five times, trying to work with them. And you know, we want to we don't want to put all our eggs in one basket. We want to have ducks in a row. Uh, operational noise is definitely the biggest scare going into scale. Once you're in retail, once you're, you know, once you're everywhere all at once all the time, you can't take a hit. If, if a manufacturer takes a hit and you're down, you might, you might lose the retailer and never get back in the retailer. Of course, your direct to consumer is going to take a hit. People might not get their subscriptions and you can deal with that on the back end. But those levels of scale, we're standing up as much manufacturing as we can and just trying to make great partners in the process. Yeah. And, and this isn't something you ever did before. So like, you know, no a lot of people creep. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. but not only that, not only nobody's done this, but like people have done this with uh, distribution, retail and what have you, but, oh, yeah. but you have never done this either, oh. either one before. Right. So like a lot of people, this holds them back from their dreams. What did you oh, yeah. do? What did you do? I guess is the question. I know you reached out to people on LinkedIn and that was, that was a you know opportunity that you took advantage of. But what did you do when you didn't know something, but you still wanted to accomplish this? Like what, what is your, 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 uh, I love I that. Guess your, your method. Yeah. So there's secret sauce. There's so much, and I've got bottles of it, but I'll share a ramekin um, during the show. So if you, if you need to learn how to do something professionally the right way the first time, and you don't have the money because you're going to pay for it one way or the other, it's either going to be your paying a consultant or the actual expert that does it, or you're going to go out there and you're going to, you're going to take a couple of licks on the chin. that's going to cost you some money and then you're going to get it right. Start a podcast, bring those guests on your show. Ask them the answers that you need or the questions that you need answered and get it done for free. That's, that's literally, I've got 240 episodes under my belt for my podcast, uh, The How-To Entrepreneur, and uh, 200 of those are probably <laughs> me talking to Shopify developers, manufacturers, people that have, uh, you know, they know their way around IP. Um, and I'm not, I'm not talking surface layer stuff. Like I've, you dig deep and they're, even they're hesitant to answer this stuff. And, but they're on the, they're on the spot. They've got to, and it's, it's brutal. It's, you know, it's, it's like yeah, but you're giving them the exposure to you're, it, it's a win-win, you know, like yeah. I talk about this oh, all yeah. the time. Trust me. This is mm -hmm. like podcasting has changed my life, man. And, and that's a great segue into, you know, by the way, I have a library of 600 some shows of people. Like I've asked questions to going deep with like, and, and by, this is something for everybody listening. I am indestructible until I'm plucked from this planet. Like if something happens to me, I really don't, like, God forbid, like something happens. I always think good. Like what, um, uh, Jocko Willing said recently, good. I, I do feel that way because of all the people I've seen go through the things that they've gone through. Uh, I'm just like, well, shit, if, if they went through it and made it, I'm good. One of my mentors and friend, um, had 26 failed startups with $600,000 in the hole before he struck it and went, skipped being a millionaire and went right to a billionaire. Okay. I can't complain on any failures that I've had in business startups or anything until I get to at least 26 or 29, whatever his number is, I can't go to him and be like, man, I feel miserable, man. I failed again. He's going to be like, is it 29 yet? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I want to listen to that podcast. It, this, 26, 29, a lot of people are talking about getting knocked down nine times and getting up 10. Yeah. I've done it, done it nearly three times. It's, yeah. This dude's, this dude's cool. He, he was on my show. His name's Howard, Howard Panis, P-A-N-E-S. And, uh, did logic e-cigarettes. And oh, no sold way. it to sold it to Japan Tobacco. He he did the first like well one of the first e-cigarettes when everybody no was starting to go into way. that. 
mm-hmm. and I think he had ten thousand dollars, and then uh, yeah, figured it out, man, and distribution and everything, and then sold it yep. for multiple billions. It's really a race when you've got the idea, and it's it's on the horizon, and that's what it sounds like. I, after twenty six, twenty nine times, you learn that. That's like one of the yeah. first things you learn. Like, oh, yeah. there's an idea, and no one's done it. I need to do it now. <laughs> Speed, speed, speed. yeah. Um, and, and so the, let's talk about podcasts because that was a great segue. Um, you obviously have started a podcast, and I think it's called The Podcast, T period, H period, E period. stands for something. What does that stand for? Yeah, The How To Entrepreneur. So it's it's a deep dive every episode into the actual, the actual happenings of any pivotal thing in the business. Uh, there are some people on there that, that just have great stories, and we talk about, go over the books that they've done and sort of their backgrounds, but... A lot of that stuff is super strategic and tactical and, um, you know, it's like DEF CON 5, uh, like operationally. For, for those of you who are interested in actually getting something that you need done, if I've got an episode on it, you best believe you're going to be able to do it by the end of it. Yeah, well, I love that because I, I have some definitely right on top of my head people that you would want to go deep with. I just thought of some, but, uh, but uh, yeah, and then yeah. so... And it's so going on shows, like, how do you do uh, go on shows consistently? Have you made a habit of that yourself as a guest? So I definitely did earlier in the year. It's I, operational noise. It, it really dictates the uh, dictates the way the wind blows. I uh, would love to do more podcasts, um, but it's really a matter of outreach. And even if I, like right now, today, this morning, I was like, I got to squeeze it in. I got to squeeze it in. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. rescheduling. So it's, it's, it's tough right now, but um, no, it's fully intent. I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff to share, a lot of good stories, a lot of strategy. It's just a, it's really just a matter of, of free time. It's tough, you know, being behind the mic, when you, when you need something, you can always make time for that. But when you're on the other right. end of the table, like uh, it's, it's tough to, you know, share the wisdom when, when you're really trying to like figure, figure out just what that is all day, every day. Well, a hundred percent. But here's the other thing, like podcast hosts are some of the most connected people on the planet. Absolutely. And it only takes one person to change your life. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I intentionally wake up every day, Dylan, just so you know this, I'm obsessed with helping people. So I'm like the one person that people need to run into. Because I'm one of the most connected people on the planet. People don't know this, all this. But like I like you make a decision sometimes to go someplace and you say yes or no. And that can really give you a plus one or a minus one in your life. That you know what I mean? Give you a plus hundred. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I mean, yeah. But like it's like, you know, so so but no, I love that you're saying we're we're so aligned with this. So uh what is what is something that you can share with the the audience that was your favorite thing? And by the way, there's probably tons. What are one or two of the favorite things you've learned hosting your podcast from some of your guests? What's on top of your head? Yeah, aside, aside from the obvious, like like aha <laughs> moments, like holy cow! Like, and, and matter of fact, when we learn things sometimes as entrepreneurs, it's yeah. like the most obvious thing, and we we're like we just didn't have that perspective of it, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, holy shit! I feel like an idiot not knowing that, but damn, it's like an aha cognition. Yeah, you know. Oh gosh, there's like there's some really there's. There's there's some, there's one thing that comes to mind, but and it's it's in the podcast. So it's not secret sauce, but it's so damn good. Um, so if you're if you're looking to if you're looking to build a fortress around what you're building while you're building it, um, you know you can't just you can't put a product out there or build a website and not run the risk of it getting ripped off. Um, I think being as formal with your business acumen and going about it with a legal mind first and foremost before the product development, before the R and D, before the cool hire ons, before the awesome website, the great product, back your ass up. That's that that's the one thing that, you know, a lot of people when you know they've almost they almost did it. They almost made it. 
that's the thing that has came back to bite them in the ass, every person, regardless of who they are or what they did. Somebody bigger, faster, stronger, more capital, more backing got them. Is it, every, yeah, every time. Yeah. Yeah. We, like speed to market. Yeah. And I think about that and I'm like, well, shit, well, but why would you also you think about wasting your time with all that legal stuff before you know that it's going to work? You know, yeah. it's like that, that's kind of a balance. It is. So you've really got to, you've got to be strategic with what horse you bet on. Right. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done this with another company and as, as awesome as it is to have a TM or a copyright R at the end of your, you know, your brand name or your proprietary blend, it doesn't matter if it's not worth it. Right. So just be smart about it. Cause it's going to cost you guys, especially patents. That's a never ending game. That's a sinkhole that, uh, I've, I've two different, uh, firms. I filed the first, uh, the provisionals and I thought it was going to be easy breezy sailing after reading a hundred of them. No, it's not the case, but you've got to, you've got to cover your bets. Even trademarks. Like you got to, okay, what are you going to trademark and what <laughs> categories do you want to put it in? And every category costs money. And then you got to opposition and, 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 and someone's got a problem got the with phonetics, it. the way, yeah. it, the way it sounds when you read it, is that Matt, you know, it's like, yeah, Black you can go down white. rabbit holes quick with those things. Yeah. Yeah. So just, yeah, everyone, anyone, you thinking about doing something and it's going to be a proprietary novel, you're going to be the first one to do it. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you see someone out there in the market that was the first and they haven't done these things. It's it's not an unfair advantage. It's just the way you should go about it. So guys, check out Dylan at uh, his product, bearbalance.com or creatinegummies.com. And then also the podcast. Go check out the podcast, which is the uh, howtoentrepreneur.com. The howtoentrepreneur.com. Go check it out. And let him know you heard him here on the What He Made Of show with your boy C Rock. Dylan, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's been great, everyone. Listen hang to tight. Mike. <laughs> hang tight one minute, Dylan, as I wrap, wrap right. this up. Guys, keep coming back. Go subscribe. Let your friends know about this podcast. We're going to continue to bring you great guests, giving you the behind the scenes, the vulnerable, the transparent, the how to, what they're made of, the ingredients that have gone into making them. It's your boy C Rock here signing off. Until next time, be that one. Every single day I feel it. Yeah. Artless.